Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Beyond Brexit. Today, we're discussing the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR as it's commonly known, which will be implemented in May of this year. And we'll be discussing how Brexit developments may affect the way in which the regulation impacts business. I'm Sally Cosgrove, your host, taking over from Gaynor Bagley. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Kevin Burrows, our Head of Clients and Markets, and Stuart Room, our Lead Partner for GDPR and Data Protection. So welcome, Kevin and Stuart. Hi there. Thank you. So firstly, Stuart, let's start with you. To give the session and our listeners a bit of context, can you give us a brief overview of GDPR and why it's so important? Yes, of course. It's the next step in European and UK data protection law. So we've had data protection law in Europe uh, since uh, 1968, in fact. That was when the first law was passed. What the law does is gives consumers more rights over their data and it gives them more power to enforce a law. So, for instance, they'll have a right of data portability and a right to pursue compensation claims as they want to. It also gives the statutory regulators, in this case the Information Commissioner, more enforcement power so they can uh, take audit steps if they want to and intervene in business. But at the very heart of it is uh, essentially a new code of practice for good data handling by organisations, businesses, public authorities, etc. And if businesses follow that code of practice, then they should come to good outcomes with personal data. So very important to all businesses, no matter what the, the size or shape of those businesses. Yeah, absolutely right. There's no real limitation on business size, uh, and it goes all the way across the economy uh, into the third sector as well as the public sector and private sector. Okay. So Kev, you spend a lot of time in your role talking to our clients about their issues and their challenges that they face. So where, where did GDPR preparations uh, stand in terms of their overall priorities at the moment? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting, you, you know, they, this is quite a complicated set of rules. And um, what we're seeing is uh, sort of very different approaches. Uh, at one end, you've got uh, uh, some organisations who are really focused on this, that are spending the right time with the right level of programmes, program really thinking about right, what, what outcomes do we need to achieve uh, and already, you know, you're beginning to feel that in the sort of the, the, the contracting and the corporate world today. You've got other organisations that perhaps are, are focused on this, but thinking about it more as a tick box sort of exercise. And they may be patting themselves on the back saying, you know, we're doing OK. But I think they have to be very cautious that this is not about tick box. This is really about rights. It's about the availability of data. It's about obligations for companies around data. Uh, and they could come a little bit unstuck. And then lastly, you've got a category of organisations, as, as, as we've heard, you know, this, this impacts everybody where perhaps they've not started, they've not really thought about it, they've not thought about their business processes and how that's going to be changed. And so it's not too late for them um, because clearly, although it's getting implemented in May, uh, there's still time and there's time beyond May to still to put in, in place the right uh, protocols to, to comply, as we've heard. So you've got those three different groups, and I think companies need to look at themselves and say, right, where are we, where do we sit, and what do we need to do? Some need to go really quickly now, some need to maybe change the approach, and others are, are well on track. Great, helpful, helpful overview. So bringing it on to Brexit, given we're on a Brexit podcast, uh, what might the potential impacts of Brexit be for GDPR? Well, 
when Brexit happened, uh, the general data protection regulation will not exist in our law automatically. So in order to deal with that, uh, Parliament is moving the data protection bill through those parliamentary processes. Uh, that's due to be uh, receiving royal assent this year. So we will have our own national legislation that uh, replicates the GDPR and in fact takes it much further than the GDPR uh, actually goes. For example, it takes the GDPR into the intelligence services, uh, which is missed by the European scheme, and it takes it into parts of the public sector that are missed by the European scheme. So the UK will have effectively GDPR plus after Brexit. Uh, so, so, so in that sense, we, we, we can be confident that our preparations that Kevin mentioned uh, are to good value and to gain. And I don't think many have really realised that that actually is plus, isn't it? It's quite a significant uh, onward step from what GDPR is, isn't it? it? It is. I mean, for people who are hoping that we don't have a data protection law because of Brexit, it's important to understand that it was the UK that proposed the GDPR in the first place. It wasn't France, Germany, Spain, Italy, it was us. Uh, so we are getting a law that is built in our own image in light of the perils that uh, the UK economy has understood. For instance, security breaches being a big uh, concern, Kevin. Um, but, but one of the big issues that's being dealt with politically is the question of adequacy. So the, the basic idea is you want information about people to flow internationally, otherwise business will grind to a halt, public services will grind to a halt. Uh, the European scheme allows data to flow freely within the European economic area. When we leave, we're outside of that area, so we will not be able to uh, flow personal data uh, from Europe into the UK without a mechanism to do so. Uh, presently, uh, there is a power uh, for Europe to confer an adequacy badge or decision on another country. So Europe could say, yep, the UK's great, it's got good law, good regulatory practice, a good judicial system, uh, and therefore the UK is adequate and there'll be no barriers to receiving data from Europe. If that doesn't happen, there are mechanisms built into the legislation for businesses and private sector and public sector entities to use. For instance, you can put in place contracts to allow data to flow from Europe into the UK. So the positive message in all of this is there are no fundamental barriers, despite Brexit, to moving data from Europe into the UK, although some of them contain administrative burdens that will be problematic, particularly in the small business environment. And I, and I think this is a really important point because this, this old oh, GDPR might not happen because of Brexit. It, you know, I hear that actually quite a lot. And, and you think, no, no, actually, we'll be further than that. And you, you really need as an organisation to really pick that up and push hard on it. Absolutely right. And Stuart, do you have a view on adequacy and how likely that decision is? The UK. Yeah, I do. My, my personal view is when you look at the legislation, look at our regulatory scheme, look at the access to justice that we have to go to court and the attitude of the judges, and then look at the professional and industry rules that we have around data handling, for instance, in the legal profession, the accountancy profession, medical profession. Collectively, I cannot believe that the UK could be regarded as inadequate as a matter of fact and law. The only reason I can think of for denying that decision would be purely a political reason. Right, okay. But regardless, is what I'm hearing from both of you, uh, businesses should be pushing on with their preparations because actually the UK law takes it further. Exactly. Okay. Um, 
And so, Kevin, over to you. Do you think the government's taking the right approach with all of this? Well, I think it's very interesting when you look at the uh, industrial strategy that the government launched last year, and, and it, it talked very clearly about what what it wants to create for the UK economy around ideas, great communities, great infrastructure, etc. And so the sort of view of where the government wants to take the UK economy is well set out in that paper. And of course, in that paper, there was also four grand challenges that the government saw. And uh, I don't think it's uh, without coincidence that the first one of those is how do you create an economy that maximises the potential of data and and of artificial intelligence, really. And what's really critical, therefore, is that we are very, very clear about what do we mean by maximising data. And at one level, there's how do you use it? How do, how do uh, customers use it? How do businesses use it? How do you use that data for your own benefit? But quite clearly, what GDPR is all about is about the rights and the protections and the obligations and getting that right and making sure that we've got uh, an economy that's built on some really strong foundations of regulation around data, I think is absolutely critical. And that's why it's one of the grand challenges. We've got a long way to go to get there. Uh, but it's recognised by the government. And I think therefore, you know, hopefully we will see both political and business will to make sure that happens. And Stuart, do you think that that vision, I think, that Kev Kevin's just set out, do you think that that's recognised by businesses as they're going about the implementation of GDPR? It's, it's a mixed uh, picture, Sally. Uh, some businesses recognise the larger political aspirations around the industrial strategy, etc. But, but as Kevin was indicating at the beginning, a, a lot of entities are stuck in a tick-boxing exercise. So they're not really lifting their heads above the parapet of the legislation itself. So it's a mixed picture. Uh, uh, what's going to be really critical here, what we're already seeing, is... is uh, this is a, an area of potential competitive advantage for organisations. Um, imagine if you've got a choice between engaging with one organisation or engaging with another organisation, and one has got a great history of looking after data and protecting data and, and you know, being able to give you uh, access to your data, and another one has you know, done badly in that area. I think both individuals and businesses are going to decide to transact with the one that they trust around their data. And so those organizations that are saying, right, this is about competitive advantage, they're the ones that are actually going to actually take that competitive advantage because they'll put in place the right protocols and the right controls and the right oversight, the right governance to enable that to happen. And we're already seeing it in our business. You know, many of our corporate customers are starting to ask us, how are you, what are you doing with that data? How are you doing it? How can we act, what the controls, et cetera. And so already we are seeing um, that, that come home for us. And you know, the government is very interested when they're contracting with us, for example, how do you control all of this? So it is gonna be a source of huge competitive uh, opportunity for uh, corporates as they start to move into this, this, this sort of whole agenda, I think. So lots of opportunity for businesses, I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to take one of Kevin's points, uh, the public sector, the government, will, will make GDPR compliance a mandatory requirement to be able to, to receive a, an invitation to tender or a request for provision. So you can't even compete 
if you haven't put those foundations in. So, so lots of opportunity to, to do well. And if we look at the UK being a bridge still between the United States, the rest of the world and Europe, we, we have a fantastic data processing history in this country that can be built on and potentially to ameliorate any of the stresses of Brexit in terms of economic loss. So there's a huge amount of gain opportunity here. And Stuart, what do you think employers should be doing right now? How should they be preparing their staff for GDPR given it's just such a massive change? I think the key issue is, is really to create awareness at this stage that the legislation is imminent, it's on its way, uh, and to provide core uh, education around the, the, the key rights and principles of the legislation. I think that's self-evident. But, but if we move beyond that, I think it's about explaining to employees the scenarios that would be most impactful. So, so rather than simply say, the citizen would have a right of access. Explain how that may be used and when and why. And, and think about the places where those important matters may land first. So should we be looking at employees in a contact centre for a consumer-facing business uh, uh, more, more sooner than in, in, an, in another part of business? And also remembering that when data protection stress has been suffered by entities, it's not just been inbound from uh, customers or business partners, but the activities of the employees themselves. So for instance, if an employee uh, makes a mistake, that can create data protection liability. We've also seen that when employees have left, let's say under a cloud, uh, data protection has sometimes been weaponized in a litigation context in order to further industrial relations and employment law litigation. So I think we need to be aware about those matters as well when we're thinking about the employee inside of data protection. And, and Stuart, you talked there a little bit about um, you know, some of the obligations and we've talked about competitive advantage, but on the other side, there is some quite big threats of enforcement and, and some quite big consequences for getting this wrong. Do you want to say a couple yeah. of words about that? Because I, I think they, they're the ones where people go, oh dear, dear, really? That, 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 that's the consequence of this? Yeah, yes, indeed. So I mentioned at the beginning that there are more essentially enforcement powers for the citizen, the regulator. Uh, so for the citizen, they will have the power to pursue compensation claims if they are distressed about an act of non-compliance. So what that means is they won't have to show that they've suffered any physical loss, any financial loss. They'd simply need to say there is an absence of compliance. If that's proven, they'll be entitled to compensation. So that's a big, big risk. And as far as the regulator is concerned, as well as the power to step in and conduct audits and order the cessation of processing activities, they'll be able to impose fines of up to 4% of annual worldwide turnover. So we combine that fining power with the litigation risk, and we do have one of the most extreme financial risks that any regulatory scheme has built for the economy. And I know we're already doing some work for, for the regulator in a couple of these areas where we're, the regulator's going, well, ha has data been misused inside a corporate? I know we're thinking, and now the consequences post the, the implementation are much, much bigger, aren't they? So this is a real risk. It's not as something that we think is not going to happen, for example. It's a real power. The, the commissioner's already started to use those powers more aggressively, and, it, and we're going to see more of that, aren't we? Uh, absolutely. The, we have a long track record of active enforcement 
in the data protection environment in the UK. We track those decisions at PwC if anyone wants to, 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 to read about them. And the Information Commission has been given greater latitude from government to hire staff and increase uh, uh, pay to get better people in, more people in, uh, people with more skill range. So, so what we would expect is that to coalesce as, as, as a greater volume of enforcement activities going forward. So more downside risks than ever before within data protection? More downside risks, but as we were saying, a huge amount huge of upside amount of opportunity, opportunity as well. As well. Okay. So I think we'll, we'll start wrapping up there. Um, final thoughts from you, Kevin, before we do wrap up. Look, I, I, uh, I think this is such a critical area. We are helping a whole bunch of different clients actually with workshops, with, uh, you know, uh, preparatory type activities. Uh, we're seeing, as I said earlier, a whole range. I think the critical thing I go back to, I've said it already, is this can be a huge competitive advantage. It's going to hit us. It's going to come to UK corporate world, if you like. And it's something I think has to be taken very seriously. But with a view to how do we how do we maximise the advantage of this as opposed to oh here's another set of regulations. And Stuart, final thoughts from you. Well, I'd certainly echo all of the positive. Uh, I think to add, this isn't something that is just a one-off event. So, for instance, if we don't see lots and lots of fines in 2018, don't sit back and think, phew, that was a load of rubbish. This is in perpetuity. It's going to be here forever and the enforcement regime will be here forever. So I think that's the first key point. The second point for organisations that are struggling to get to grips with this, particularly smaller businesses, is there's lots of really good free know-how out there to help them. So go to the Information Commissioner's website, look at uh, industry bodies, there's lots of good stuff. And at PwC, we're launching in April a portal for small businesses with a free assessment questionnaire that will help them orientate themselves on their current maturity levels and where to go. Great. Well, thank you both Kevin and Stuart for you. your insights. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Beyond Brexit. Remember to subscribe to keep up to date with the latest episodes. And you'll find all of our Brexit-related content at www.pwc.co.uk forward slash Brexit.